Good morning. Welcome to PCC, where we're worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out God's love, and we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Man, the wheels are off the wagon. Cornell is sick. And Danny brought his dog. You'll find out about that more later. And welcome, Johnny. Uh, we got Jim visiting, and he's come to see visit Cornell. Um, he spilled the beans. Cornell is an amazing cellist. Well, that's four years working with that guy. He's still making see. He always says, I can't play the piano. I can't play the piano. And then he plays the piano with his elbows and stuff. Um, I'm glad everybody's here. I got a couple announcements. One of them, actually, I think I have one announcement, right? Maybe. Maybe some more people will have some more. There's more announcements on here. But Ash Wednesday starts on Wednesday, uh, February 14th, 2024. And we're going to be going, I'm going to be preaching through this as well. It's our devotional. We usually have a devotional through Lent. Um, we're doing Lenten quiet nights and we're going to use Lenten, we're going to use this devotional for Lenten quiet nights as well. Um, just in case you don't know anything about Henry Nowen. Does anybody know anything about Henry Nowen? Uh, it's a couple people that know, but Henry Nowen was a brilliant mind um, he at first like he he started he's a catholic priest he was a professor at yale harvard duke divinity like he would all these things and then as he was moving towards retirement he said i want to do something totally different i want to serve the church in a totally different way and he went to eastern canada to a mentally and physically disabled community called lark and he spent the last maybe third of his life just taking care of people, you know, changing diapers, taking out the trash, washing slobber off people's faces. And in that period, he wrote some of the most profound and prolific books on ministry that are out there. And he discovered that it's not about the big spectacle. Ministry isn't about the big show, the fog machines. It's actually about meeting people in the name of Christ and serving them. And so I can't say enough good things about Henri Nouwen. So make sure you pick up one of these. And it's suggested a buck fifty. You can tell them the pastor said, hey, I can take this for free. Um, I think that's it on the announcements. That's enough of this. Let's get to worshiping the Lord. But first, let's stand up. Just since there's so many colds and flus rolling around, just do the holy fist bump. Make sure everybody feels welcome. But All right, brothers and sisters in Christ, would you please stand if you are able for this morning's call to worship? This morning's call to worship comes from Psalm 50, and I'm going to be reading from the King James Version, and it's the first two verses. The mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion... The perfection of beauty. God hath shined. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth.
have a, I have a dog with me, and that's not because he woke up and was like, I'd really like to go to church today. <laughs> it's because Johnny, who is almost 13, decided that it would be a great idea to break into a bag of pistachios with their shells off of the coffee table Friday night. So it's been a long two days with the vet, and uh, he has to be under close observation. And I didn't want to miss being with you this morning, so Johnny's with us. Okay? So let's sing together. Turn to heaven and spoke your name. 
That's beautiful. Um, Paul letters, writes a letter to the church in Rome, and he starts in the first couple chapters. He's talking about how humans can get back in relationship with God. And he first starts with um, his Jewish brothers and sisters, and he says, you know what, we can't get grandfathered back into a relationship with God. And then he turns his eye to the Gentiles. And he says, no, you can't rationalize or think your way 
back into relationship with God. And he says, the problem is, all of us, all of us have fallen short. We've sinned. And so um, this is a part of the service where we come together and we confess. We come together and we admit we're unworthy. Would you please join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we realize that we do mess up. And even though um, we know the right thing to do, we continually fall short of that. We admit that willingly and unwillingly, we hurt people. We hurt people you love. We confess silently right now Maybe the ways that we've hurt people since we've been gathered together last week. We also confess that a lot of times we see the right thing to do and we don't do it. We don't love our brothers and sisters as we ought to. We don't serve. Heavenly Father, forgive us. Have mercy on us once again. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Later on in that same letter to the Church of Rome, he says, if we confess and we know that what Christ has done and is doing has covered all of our sins, there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God. There's absolutely nothing. He says there's nothing over the earth, nothing under the earth, nothing on the earth, nothing spiritual, nothing physical, nothing can separate us from the love of God. I have good news. I have great news. Brothers and sisters, in Jesus Christ, you and I are forgiven. Please join me in standing and singing Gloria Patri.
Bring me through the storm, surround me with songs of deliverance. Be strong and take heart, all you who trust in the Thank you, Tim. This is the series finale. We've been going through 1 Corinthians, and we're going to actually end in 2 Corinthians. And it's Paul writing to the letter uh, to the church in Corinth. Corinth, like you may or yeah, may or may not remember, it's like Vegas on steroids. It's a wild town. It's uh, everything under the sun is happening. It's just mayhem in a lot of ways. But it, um, and Paul is writing to fellow believers and saying. Let's take shelter from the storm. Let's get in out of this craziness. And let's find out what it means to follow Christ. Um, and he takes on some big topics. And so far we've talked about how the Corinthian folk had a different understanding of why we were made as human beings. He says, actually, we weren't made for any of that stuff. We were actually made as vessels, temples, the Holy Spirit. And then he says, you know, the Corinthian folk have kind of a skewed view on what's important. And then he huddles up the church and he says, you know what's important in here? The person to your right, the person to your left. Making sure they don't stumble. Making sure that you continually serve them and make their lives better. And then he turns his eyes and we studied last week what's important as we go out of here. Is making your slave making yourself a slave to anything that's not essential so that and he, he puts it so that some some people can understand the grace found in Jesus Christ from God the Father. He says, I'll make my slave to everyone just so some might know. Talk about having a singular focus. Talk about having a mission. Talk about walking out of here and worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love and transforming community with a motive that some people might understand. And then he goes on into 2 Corinthians. This is no accident the lectionary has this text for us this morning, because you'll see. Let's get to the text before. I don't know. I'm running out of time or something. I don't know what before. Have I told you I'm glad you're here? A lot of times when says, hey, make, make sure you don't come off so grumpy. So I'm really glad you're here. Let's do this. Um, we got 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we haven't renounced, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we preach, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, 
and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Christ, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord from the dead will also raise us from Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. Use me as your mouthpiece. Get all the glory, get all the praise. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. I learned a I learned a good habit from the pastor, preacher, Chuck Swindoll. When I was growing up in high school and college, I went to Evie Free Fullerton. And he said, Whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, you should ask, what is it therefore? And it stuck with me, and it's a really good habit. It's a really good truth. So you got to follow these therefores, and stay with me, people. So 4.1, there's a therefore. And if you look back at 3.12, there's a therefore, which all points back to verse 9 of chapter 3, and I'll read it for us. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? If teaching the law and bringing the news that we're all fallen is glorious how much more glorious is it that now we have forgiveness grace and mercy in Jesus Christ if ministry was fun back when most of the news was bad (laughs) how much more is it exhilarating now that we have this gospel that is great news. It's, I just did the prayer confession. What if, um, right after we confessed, I just walked away? Right? Have you ever seen the movie Unforgiven? That's the movie's point. It's an anti-Western. What's, what, what happens if we're never forgiven? What if we're just stuck with ourselves? It's bleak, depressing, and you can't escape it. Paul is saying, how much more is it? We get to share life. We get to share the gospel. Is there any, can everybody just fake smile for me for a second? And just, and hear this great news? Uh, Then he says in 12, therefore, since we have such a hope, 
we are to be very bold. Since we have this ministry, we have the good news. We're, we're going to live forever. And Jesus is the king of our lives. Once we say, hey, Jesus, be the king of my life. We, kingdom triumphant starts at that moment. And then we pass through the veil, we pass away, and we keep going for all of eternity. That's this good news. Since we have this good news, bold. Walk through walls, people. Let's do this. That's what Paul is saying. He's, let's do this. Let's, go. Let's, let's stop being timid. Let's stop being on our heels. Let's lean in. We have hope. We have this hope. Nobody can take it away from us. Let's be bold. And then how does he start chapter 4, verse 1? Therefore, through God's, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. Do not, we do not lose heart. That's what this chapter is about. That's what first, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is about. Do you have anybody in your life that says, we got this, or I got this? Yes or no? Okay, good. Think about one of those people. Think about one of those times. What's true about that person? They usually have understanding. They usually have the wisdom. They usually have the situation semi under control. We got this. We have this ministry. It's been handed to us. Have you heard that lately? Have you soaked in that lately? Margot, you're enough. Is that Margo? Just Margo. No. (laughs) Everybody in here, picture I'm looking you in the eye and God's saying to you through Paul, you got this. You are enough. It's yours. Nobody can take it away. Don't lose heart. And on that last phrase, he drills down the rest of this chapter. He drills down on how do we not lose heart? First, we don't scheme. There's no deception amongst us, brothers and sisters. He's speaking that truth into existence. He's just saying that's part of our identity. We're not two faced in here, we're straightforward. We're, what you see is what you get. There's no ulterior motives in this ministry. And then he says, there's stuff that's going to happen that's out of your control. There's stuff, you're going to say what I tell you to say, and people might, actually most probably will not like you. Do not lose heart. What you're saying is still true. What you're saying and what you're believing is still true. Just share my message. Just be faithful. Just be faithful. Do not lose heart. And he throws it back to Genesis and he says, you know, at the very beginning of this, God said, let let light shine out of the darkness Paul picks that phrase up and says, here you go, church. Everybody pretend to catch it. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Do not lose heart. Let light shine out of the darkness. There's darkness out there. Have you seen the news? There's crazy, wild things. They need us. It's not... It's not a, like, a, like a suggestion. He says, we have this ministry. This is us. This is church is mission. 
which means we are movement, we are evangelism, we are light. And he says, let it shine out of the darkness, just like at the very beginning in creation. When God spoke the sun into existence, S-O-N, Jesus, God's S-U-N, son, has come and said, hey, let's go do this. Let's go bring light to this dark place. And he, he sounds like a poet right there. He says, but remember, all the dunamis, all the dynamite, all the power is not yours. You are a jar. I should have Nora come up here who does pottery on the side and teach us about jars, but no two jars, if it's man-made, look exactly alike. It shows God's craftsmanship. It shows God's personalness, his artfulness, his beauty. We have these treasures, and we're in these jars. And it also points ahead. Like I said, this is not an accident that the lectionary has us. Because what are we doing on Wednesday? We're remembering from ashes we come. From dust we come, to dust we shall return. We're fragile. Right? Yes? Okay, good. I know sometimes I'm confusing. Sometimes I want you to not answer. Some, just hang with me. And so then... And he goes into this, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Is that you? Hear this. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. You're not alone. You're not out there alone. Struck down, but not destroyed. And then he goes into this either further, even like he gets all he gets all deep on us right here at the end to encourage us to not lose heart. Anybody getting older? Anybody got any aches and pains that you didn't have last year? Right? I broke my femur in 2015-ish, 2014, I took a group ice skating, and it was a bad scene. But when the weather changes, my hip, everybody, every once in a while, somebody will say, why are you limping? Do you think you're hip or something like, you know, like, you know they think, are you, like, think you're cooler than everybody? No, the weather's changed, my hip hurts. Um, and Paul says, that death should remind us of something. The fact that we're dying physically right here, where our jars are failing, should remind us of something. What does Paul suggest it should remind us of? This. But now I kind of wish we were at a Catholic church because I wish we had a crucifix as well because it actually... He says, he first points to the crucifix and he says, your pain, your death should remind you of the fact that Jesus died for you. And not only that he died for you, but he died for the person to your right and to your left. And that's really significant. There's a guy named Karl Barth. He's a theologian. He said the greatest moment in all of human history wasn't the resurrection, but actually it was the crucifixion. It's where God wrapped himself in flesh and met us all at our lowest point. The fact that you're dying, the fact that you're hurting should point to the truth that Jesus meets you right there. Right there in that pain. He doesn't say, yeah, dust it off, brush it off, 
pretend like you're happy. Get out of it. No. He meets you right there, and he meets me right there, and he meets us right there. And that's where all of humanity unites in our suffering. As deep cries to deep. The people in Corinth, the people in Costa Mesa at PCC are united. So next time my hips start hurting, I start thinking, Jesus met me. Jesus meets me. And he not only meets me, he meets everybody around here. And then what should that remind you of? The empty cross. So you start hurting. I'll use myself as an illustration. My hip starts hurting. I think, man, Jesus meets me in this place. He died for me. But he didn't leave me here. He passes on his resurrection life. And it points to the fact that I too will resurrect. I too will have new life. And then he ends this whole chapter with this picture, this word picture. All this for your benefit so that grace is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. He leaves us with this picture of us, light shining in the darkness, and as we realize that we carry around Jesus' death and we also carry around his resurrection life, you get God filling Jesus up with hope, which overflows into us, filling up with hope and us overflowing with hope. Do not lose heart, PCC. Allow God to meet you in your suffering, remind you that you are resurrection life, and may that spill out over onto everyone around you. I just want to make sure I didn't miss any applications. We have this. We have this. Do not lose heart. May our dying bodies remind us. Actually, let's turn this into a prayer. Please pray with me. God, may our dying bodies remind us that Jesus died for us. And in doing so, meets us in our lowest of lows. May your Holy Spirit fill us to overflowing with resurrection life so that we might share this resurrection life so that some people may know of the goodness of God through Jesus through us. Amen. Let's stand and worship. We sing the greatness of our God.
please be seated. Micah, thank you very much. Right? Isn't he so good? Um, now we continue in worship. And as I've, we're called to bring light out into the darkness, and we're called to do it together. That means you don't have to do everything. Maybe think about that as we receive offering this morning. There are many skills, gifts, and talents. I don't know anything about electricity. So if I get an electrical problem, I call my man Edson. He can fix our electrical problems, right? It's like that with all these problems, this darkness out in this world. You're not to be everything in all ways. Like God uses us as a collective. And as we gather our tithes and offerings together, think about that. Praise God for that. And be grateful that he's taking care of every single one of our needs. Amen? Amen. This morning's tithes, offerings, and gifts are now received. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understandings, will guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. Will you please join me in prayer? Holy, loving, and merciful God, we thank you and praise you for the beauty of this morning, 
for the mild weather following the powerful storms this week. Thank you for the rain that nourished our parched soil. We pray for your provision for all those who are dealing with damage from the storms. Bring the help that they need to recover and prepare for the next rains coming later this week. We pray for our world in desperate need of you. We pray for your protection for the innocent citizens in Ukraine, Gaza, and the many other conflicts raging worldwide. May the innocent know you and feel your presence with them, even in the harshest of circumstances. We pray for our world, for our nation, and for Costa Mesa, that we may be able to work together to create a more just and compassionate society where all people are valued and respected. With so much discord in our communities, we pray for our leaders that they may be guided by wisdom and compassion as they make decisions that affect the lives of others. Help each of us to listen to one another with open hearts and minds, to seek common ground, and to work together for the greater good of all. Heavenly Father, we pray for those who are sick or suffering, that they would experience your healing touch today and find strength and peace in your presence. We lift up those around us that need a fresh touch from your Holy Spirit. Cornell, Dan, Dominic, Sandy, Bev, Ruth, Dwayne, Pam, Terry, Patty, Dick, Dusty, and Keith. We pray for those who are lonely or struggling, that they may feel your love surrounding them and know that they are never, never alone. And we pray for those who are grieving, that they might find comfort in the midst of their sorrow and hope in the promise of eternal life. Lord, we pause for a moment to lift up those close to our heart that are in need of prayer. As we draw near to the beginning of Lent, Father God, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who came to dwell among us, to teach us, to heal us, and to show us the way to love. May we follow in his footsteps, loving one another as he has loved us, and sharing the good news of your salvation with everyone we meet. In the midst of our busy lives, help us to make time for prayer and reflection, to listen for your voice speaking to us in the stillness of our hearts, and to be faithful disciples of your Son, our Savior. We lift up these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And we continue praying as you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand if you are able to join us in our final hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus.
in Jesus. I like that hymn. Um, thank you for coming this morning. I, I, I praise God for each and every one of you. I want to remind you we have an Ash Wednesday service. We have two Ash Wednesday services. Um, make sure you grab one of those devotionals. I highly recommend it. And then we have a noon service. And if you come to the noon service, park in this lot right here because we have the Freedom Committee in the, in the Fellowship Hall. So there will be a bunch of cars in that one. So it will be easiest if you park in this lot right here. And then 545, we'll have a service in the evening. And I'm assuming, Juliana, you're here. You're going to do blood pressure, right? So right after the service, have your blood pressure checked for free. Over there in the Fellowship Hall, you snack on a donut. <laughs> I don't know. If I, does that work, Julian? Okay. Uh, let's receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, the peace that transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, forever. May it be so. Amen.